Welcome everybody to Catfish Weekly presented by Whisker Wear Apparel along with Chuck Davison and Doc Lang. I'm Lyle Stokes. We're having a little bit of issues with Daryl and Jason again, but we're gonna gonna work that out here in a little bit, even if we gotta do it on the phone. We got a little better connection and everything since we're home tonight and not in uh, some motel room and stuff like that where the internet connection's bad. How you guys doing tonight? Great. For a Monday. Yeah, for a Monday. Same here. <laughs> <laughs> oh man well it's been a pretty tough week but you know it warmed up i'm thinking the fish are biting and what have we got three weeks to monsters on the ohio yes sir so i know that everybody's looking forward to that uh i know aaron had a live feed the other night i don't know how much stuff he got accomplished i've seen parts of it uh, i assume you guys seen some of it yeah, I seen some of it. I watched the whole thing this morning again. Um, let's see if there was anything I needed to pick up on. And did you find anything? Well, you know the, you know, it, I was really trying to, uh, you know, figure out the way this. Uh, I guess it's going to be more like a convoy leaving Owensboro from English Park, going to the, uh, to the ramps on. Uh, on the other two pools that we're going to be launching at and you know i'm just trying to figure out if that's going to be time worthy and everything you know and i've been plotting out distances and you know how far i need to run after i get in the water and all that but you know i i, I just wish that he would uh let the convoy leave a little bit earlier than uh 4 because you know putting us at the ramp you know, convoy arriving at a ramp at, you know, 530, that might be pushing it a little bit. Um, you know, it depends on how many boats are going. You know, he explained that, that that may change at the captain's meeting because, um, you know, at the captain's meeting, you, you got to let him know what launch you're going out at. Um, and then he will see how many boats are going to each launch. And then I guess at the time needs to be moved up some, um, to allow everybody to be in the water by 6.30, you know, he'll do that. Well, one thing is for certain, you know, we, we all kind of know uh, what we're going to be doing when we get there. A lot of people make their decisions after they've been there for a few days. But Aaron Wheatley is scheduled to be on Catfish Weekly next Monday night. So any questions or things like that that people need to, to answer, uh, Aaron will be on here and we can get the answers for all that. And, uh, you know, if you just want to say, hey, Aaron, I know he'd appreciate it. Uh, the guy puts in a ton of work, just like George Young did on his tournament. Aaron's been doing it for a few years, but every year he works harder than the year before to make it as good as it is. And believe me, folks, it is a great tournament fish. Yep. Yeah, I know. If it if anything, to me, it seems like the guys trailering will have a little less uh, advantage than the guys going out of uh, English Park. Um, you know, but you know that's you know that's fair to me. You know, if you want to go uh, go fish another pool, uh, different de depths of water or, or whatsoever, um, you know, you, you're going to have to pay for it time wise. And, you know, my uh, uh, theory is always been if you're going to trailer, there should be some kind of penalty involved with that. Just my opinion. I don't like trailering to start with, but if you've got to do it, and in some instances you have to do it, 
Uh, and if that's the case, there ought, you ought to leave the same time the guys from that boat launch, and that would be your penalty as however long it takes you to drive and launch to wherever you're going. Uh, that To me, that's a fair way to do it. But everybody has their own their own way of doing it. Yeah, this is going to be more of a uh, controlled trailering. And that that's why that it seems a little bit different to me because everybody's going to be um, arriving at just two different launches uh, as a group. Um, you know, there's going to be somebody there monitoring them. So it's not like that there's, you know, 25 different launches or more that people can run and, and launch into. And you don't know if people are, uh, you know, getting out of the, uh, the limits of what waters are supposed to be fished or whatsoever. But, you know, this right here seems like it's going to be better than the, the ones I've been against in the past. I think this right here is uh, going to turn out okay. Well, one thing Aaron did make clear, uh, and he has all year long, if there's something goes wrong or they lose fish or whatever the whatever goes wrong, uh, this is a test deal, and it, it won't uh, doesn't mean they're going to do it every year. Uh, so, you know, I, I think that that's a good thing. And, and uh, you know, it, it, you have to try things to know if things will work. Exactly. You know, and he's not scared yeah. to try new things. And that's that's great, you know. and I'm pretty sure Aaron's not afraid of too much of anything. No, he's not. <laughs> you know, and so it's going it's gonna to be up to the anglers, you know, to um, to make sure that they have the um, – the right equipment to keep those fish alive for no matter what amount of time it's going to take to get you across those scales and uh, not, not pushing it. I mean, they need to be in awesome shape when they go across those scales. If it's, if it's three hours later after you get out of the water, they need to be awesome shape in three hours later. Um, so everybody needs to do whatever they can to make sure that they, they're equipped to do so. Well, Doc, are you all, all ready to rock on this? Yep. Yes, I am. So <laughs> it won't get here quick enough. I like fishing those pools. Normally, I don't do very good down there. I don't know why, but, you know, I've fished those pools for years. Uh, just, you know, we'll... We'll see what happens this year. Right. We're going to have a good time. I know that. Oh, absolutely. I got to tell you, we had a we had a blast. On Mississippi, uh, yeah. That, yeah, down in Memphis. I, I you know, we pre-fished several days with Cindy and Lynn and you and me all in the boat. And, and I got to tell you, I, I, we've had a lot of fun fishing over the years, but this is one of the top ones. I mean, it was just a blast. You know, it's kind of a always been a kind of dream of mine to fish with you and Lynn anyhow and and when she showed decided she was going to go there we had a chance to do some pre-fishing she's a hoot in the boat man it's just yeah. it was an awesome good time and she she brought in that log or at least we saw thought it was a log until we seen a tail <laughs> yeah no kidding <laughs> well I, I really enjoyed it and I hope she can make it to Owensboro way it's more fun down there yeah we're going to do the same thing again Oh, We're planning on doing it. Outstanding. So, Outstanding. Yeah, I, I really enjoyed myself. <laughs> we had a good time. So. I, I'm, I mean, you know, uh, and before we get too carried away with, with this uh, Owensboro tournament down there, Monsters on the Ohio, um, you know, I want to say, because I don't, we had a pretty bad connection with everything last week. George Young and Leslie Reasons Kirkpatrick absolutely 
put on a hell of a show in Memphis. Now, people can do and say whatever they want, but I know for a fact them guys worked over a year putting that, sh that thing together. They worked on it daily, weekly, monthly. They done it. I talked to George numerous times a week, you know, trying to do things and, and uh, answer any questions that he had or, or giving suggestions. And I know I wasn't the only one. There was a lot of other guys that did too. And it showed. Uh, it, it was run very well. Everything that needed to be taken care of was taken care of. Uh, even the launch and exiting out of, and I understand there, it was slow coming out of the river, but the launch went off without a hitch. And uh, when you got nearly 200 boats, it's, it's going to take some time to do that stuff. And yeah. and I can't say enough about the way they run that, especially for the fact this was the very first tournament they done, and and to make it as great an event as it was with that many boats is just unbelievable. Yeah, it was uh, it was well thought out. Uh, the other thing was the, the host motel that we had, the Clarion. Just that was outstanding. I mean, you know, they just they did anything and everything to make sure that everybody had what they needed. Uh, big shout out to Nona because she was a lady. Actually, she said she was going to listen to our show. Uh, she's the lady that was cooking all the breakfasts every morning. You know, and, and she was. You you get done eating breakfast and she'd be over there table cleaning it all out up and telling everybody I hope you have a great day. She was she was just outstanding. She got up at one a.m. on a the day of the tournament and cooked all them grab bags for everybody and that that was just outstanding there. You know, Angela and her husband, Angela Herndon and her husband, they absolutely. Uh, was at that motel nearly 24 hours a day. They yeah. they was part of the security system, and I don't care what time of the day or night you walked out. Somebody's driving around that parking lot in a security vehicle. Uh, yeah. It was very well taken care of. They had just a little bit of issue with their electrical outlets out there, but we was all prepared for that. There was plenty of of generators taken down there, and everybody got got hooked up and kept their batteries charged. I have never stayed at a motel during a tournament that I was treated so graciously. Uh, anybody worked so hard to do the, to make it as best for you as they possibly could. They went out of their way and, and man, that JJ steakhouse has got some of the greatest food that I ever put in my mouth. Yeah. Their food was really good. We ate there every day. Yeah. I mean, every day. So, uh, that in itself was, was something, uh, so, uh, I, you know, there, there's no question in my mind that when we go next year, uh, I'm going to be staying right there and I know I'll get the same treatment, uh, that we did this time. And, and I'm just thrilled about that. Um, there's some places that we go out go to in tournaments, uh, pretty much every year. And, and some of those places they could step up and, and take, uh, um, they done down there at the clarion uh it was it was really good all the way around and and they had a schedule marked out for where people parked and all the stuff uh they they like george they planned everything uh for like 80 some boats in their motel and then they got 50 some more than the, what they had scheduled for whatever reason and they made it happen you know they just made it happen yeah and then they had them semis come in there 
with the cars, and then there was an, a bunch of contractors came in. So she kind of shuffled things around. So they made it happen, that's for sure. Yep, it was really good. Uh, you know, I just can't say enough about the whole event and every everybody that had anything to do it. And, and that pyramid is one of the most beautiful places. Now, I don't believe it's as big as, as the, the one in Springfield, Missouri, the Bass Pro there. It's just freaking huge. But that is undoubtedly one of the most beautiful places that ever was. And, you know, we never did make it to the top of that thing with all the stuff going on and the two shows and different things. Cindy and I didn't make it to the top of that, but uh, it absolutely was gorgeous inside and out. Uh, the people that work for them are outstanding. They're very courteous and helpful. They'll get you anything you want when you're doing the things that we do. And uh, the whole event was just like that. I mean, I don't know. You can call it Southern hospitality. You can call it the people that cares. You do whatever you want. But uh, I've not seen any better run event ever anywhere. Yeah. I think everybody pretty much enjoyed their sale. Oh, you know, yeah. There was, there was nice fish caught all week. Uh, you know, and then, you know, it seemed like everybody was catching fish. Yep. Maybe not the biggest ones. No, but Bill Parfit and uh, uh, yeah. Eagle Bill sure put a good one in the boat. I mean, that yeah. was a dandy. Uh, they they really laid one out, and uh, even, if, even if Bill did get a knife in the back of his leg, <laughs> oh, them guys – if one of them boys ain't getting hurt doing something, you know, something's not right because there's always one of them bleeding or something. But uh, they get along great. They're great fishermen. And 90-pound uh, fish, any way you cut it, it's a giant in any body of water. And I'm very happy for them guys, Bill Blankenship and Bill Parfit, to catch that fish and get it put in the uh, uh, the Pyramid Aquarium. And some of the guys was whining, oh, you shouldn't put that in there. I promise you that fish will get better care than if it was out uh, in the water, the water it come out of, they put it, they take so good a care of them fish in there. They don't want anything to happen to them. Uh, and uh, I'm, I'm very happy for them to do that. It was just a really cool deal. Uh, I'm going to try to give, uh, they're not going to be able to get their, uh, their computer to work again tonight, so we're going to try to do a phone interview with them again. I, it should work a lot better since I'm on my uh, home computer, and we won't have to mess with that uh, internet that I was at the motel with, but uh, we'll see if we can get Daryl and Jason on here now. Jason was, was uh, still at work a few minutes ago, but we're going to try to make it happen. <clears throat> Daryl. Yeah. Hey, this is Lyle. How you guys doing tonight? I'm doing good. Jason's around a few minutes late. He's uh, late and out of work, but he's up to That's okay. We'll start, and he can join in when he gets there. So, so how's everything going after you guys took took first place down in uh, Memphis? Uh, I'll tell you what. It, it took a few days to sink in of actually how many people was there and what we had accomplished, but... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that was that was a tournament for for all to see. There, that was the, that many boats, that many good friend anglers, 
and just the, the the quality of the tournament all together. It was it was a, a great experience. Well, we was just talking before I called you about how well everything went off from the motel to the places to eat to the beautiful facility at the pyramid and and all the hard work that uh, George and Leslie put in on that uh, and uh, it was a extremely well run event the whole thing. No doubt, no doubt. Like we we've been to several tournaments in our career here. I agree. I agree. Well, I, I know last week we tried to do this and we run into some issues with internet problems and, and we're having some problems again uh, with uh, getting video on you, but we wanted to, to go through this stuff again so everybody could see and hear what was going on. So I'm going to turn you over to Doc and let him visit with you a little bit and then he'll turn you over to Chuck and, and we'll try to get through this. And when Jason gets in there, just let us know so uh, we can share some of the, the questions with him. All right. All righty. Thanks for coming on the show. Appreciate it. All right. I, I got a whole list of questions. I have people emailing me and asking all kinds of questions. So um, what day did you guys arrive to start your pre-fishing? If y'all can hear me, I can't hear anybody right now. Oh, you he can't said, hear me at all? Try that again. All right. Okay, what day did you guys arrive to start your pre-fishing? What day did you guys get down there to pre-fish, uh, Daryl? Uh, we actually had went out the Sunday prior to the tournament, and we didn't do any fishing, so to speak. We just uh, did more just driving around looking at the different waters. We was looking for current depth, uh, trying to mark fish, which we don't get we mark a lot of fish on the Mississippi River. We was looking more for structure than anything. Uh, I think we spent six hours out there looking and scanning. Now we may have fished 15, 20 minutes total for the whole, whole day. Okay. okay. And then what? And then, uh, I think Thursday, uh, Thursday afternoon, we drove over and put our boat in and just drove around to see kind of where everybody else was doing their pre fishing. And uh, it was. <laughs> See kind of where everybody was looking. Uh, we knew it was going to be crowded, of course, but uh, we were trying to get an idea of how crowded it was going to be in different locations. Uh, but after that day there, we didn't really mark anything. We were just more sightseeing and see where everybody was at. Okay. Okay. Uh, uh, the the, day, of the, the day of the tournament, did you guys uh, go upriver or downriver? Uh, we stayed there close to, to downtown area. We went downriver five oh, miles wide, exactly. About five, six miles downriver. Okay, and you were targeting deep. Were you targeting the deeper water? That's what one of the people said. Did they target deep water uh, or shallow water? Uh, we were kind of in between deep and shallow. I mean, uh, within a, a mile or so where we were fishing, there was 80, 90 foot of water. But we was we was more uh, we we knew there was gonna be a lot of people in that deep deep water. We tried to move a little bit away from that, and uh, we was fishing anywhere from I'd say thirty foot to fifty foot of water. We didn't we didn't really target deeper stuff. We we knew there was gonna be people all over top of that. Right. Also. Now were you guys anchored down or were you back bouncing? <laughs> 
was we was uh, drifting back bouncing all day long. We stayed moving. Uh, like I said, I know that that area where we fished uh, was had been fished all week long. Uh, the you know the what call the the structure that everybody looks for the good looking stuff. You know, it had been fished hard all week long, and we kind of just targeted you know in the general vicinity of that, not necessarily right in the middle of the best stuff. Uh, you know. 800 yards outside the, the heavy structure and try to slow our presentation down and, and catch a few fish that hadn't been, uh, hadn't been caught all week. Okay. So you were slowing your boat down. Were you uh, trying to cut the uh, the in half? Is that what you were trying to do, or did you get even lower than that? You know, it, it, a lot of it depends. You know, we go out. Typically, what we'll do is we water the current, we try to cut it in half. If it's going one mile, uh, sorry, two mile an hour, uh, we'll, we'll drift it one mile an hour. If the current is going three mile an hour, we'll go a mile and a half. If it's going four mile an hour, we'll go you know, two mile an hour. Now, if we get into some, you know, it depends on what kind of bite you uh, Some days they bite really aggressive. You know, they just, they, you're, you're drifting along there, and all of a sudden they about yank the pole out of your hand and take off. You know, those days there, We'll tend to go a little bit faster because they are a little more aggressive. They'll chase the bait down a little more. But now, uh, that Saturday, that morning, we had two or three bites uh, early that they just wasn't taking it really, really hard. So we tried to slow down maybe, and that current was getting probably three, three and a half, and we tried to keep it somewhere between 1.2 and 1.5. It's a little bit slower than half. Yeah. Now, are you guys using just strictly your trolling motor, or were you? Did you have the big motor running also? Uh, we just used the trolling motor that day. Uh, we the wind was helping us a little bit; it was blowing up the green thumb, so uh, you know, we, we were able to do it with just the trolling motor. Okay. Uh, we have done it. You know, we have put the motor, the big motor, in gear before we got into gear fishing current. That's, you know, especially four mile an hour, you can try to fish anything heavier than that. Or if the wind's blowing, you know, a downstream on you, where you have to use the, the big motor, we we have employed that before. Yeah. Okay. All right. Um, that's all the questions that I've got. Uh, Chuck, he's all yours. Congratulations, man! Uh, y'all, that was a very impressive finish y'all pulled off. I think, think a lot. We we enjoy going tournaments like that with a big crowd, daughter. Yes, uh, a couple of weeks before that, uh, didn't y'all fish a little tournament up that way? Maybe. Do I now? Y'all had big fish at the tournament. What was it? Twenty nine or something like that. Yeah, I think it was twenty nine. Yeah, I think it was twenty nine. Yeah, 
we had a fish for like 34 pounds. That was the big fish we got. And there was a guy that actually won the big fish that determined like 35 or 36. Okay. So. We just fish over 30 pounds and caught that whole tournament. Yeah, and uh, yeah, I heard a lot of people talking about that tournament, and you know they were they were kind of thinking that you know the bite might head in that direction, um, which I'm very glad it didn't because we, that was a very good show put on, uh, and we was taking guesses during the Catfish Weekly show on Thursday uh, at the Pyramid, um, you know, and a lot of people was saying around. You know, 150, 160, my guess was uh, 150 was going to win it. Um, what was your thoughts on uh, what size basket was going to win it going into it after fishing that tournament a couple of weeks prior? Uh, you know, I had the same question posed to me from several people there earlier that week, you know, asking, you know, what kind of, what kind of a weight it's going to take to win it. And, you know, I, I gave two scenarios. I said, if if the fish bite really good, you know, it was going to be somewhere around 160 to 180. I said, if they don't bite very good, you're going to need about 110 to 120. And, uh, like I said, for the, for the most part, you know, it wasn't necessarily just a great bite. And uh, we was lucky we got our two big fish and was able to hit that 150 mark. Yeah, I think there was such a big skip, skipjack slick um, going down that river. Uh, I think it just kind of put them in a little feeding frenzy. I mean, that many great fishermen being in one place at one time, um, I thought it would be a long time coming before I b before something like that happened. And George Young Jr. Uh, threw this together within a year. Um, and... Everybody I talked to was very excited about it, and uh, it looks like catfishing is uh, is getting on its way. Uh, how do you feel about that? Dexter uh, just showed up, so he'll chime in here too in a second. Uh, I'll, I'll speak first on that. You know, it, it is it is well on its way. Uh, you know, ten years ago we have never dreamed we'd been weighing in fish sitting in front of the, the pyramid like that. Uh, you know, I think the caliber of fishermen are getting to be better. You know, the, the gear reviews a little bit better. You know, the, just the general knowledge of everybody fishing out there uh, is a lot better. Uh, and what impressed me is as many fish as it's caught, you know, and as warm as it was that day, uh, very few fish were, were lost. You know, uh, it hadn't been that many years ago when, when you always heard horror stories of having tournaments where people was losing, you know, Every, every fisherman's losing to fish for, you know, whatever reason. And, you know, to have 184 boats, I never heard exactly what the number was that weighed in, but only have seven fish out of all that that didn't make it is uh, a true testament to everybody. Uh, you know, I want to say thank you personally to all the sponsors that helped put this together. You know, uh, a tournament of that size doesn't just happen, you know, uh, because someone put one on. There's so much backing that went on. You know, these sponsors that contributed, uh, the Bass Pro, you know, they they helped out a bunch. Uh, like I said, if it wasn't for them, we would never have a tournament like this. That's 100% correct. Uh, how much? Finally, my 
invited, guys. I apologize for being late. Hey, uh, welcome, Jason. Glad to have you. Uh, hey, yeah, uh, work gets in the way of fishing, uh, <laughs> for sure. <laughs> but, uh, no, they, yeah, definitely, definitely can't be on the right direction. It, it, you, know, the, 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 you know, the tournaments are getting bigger. Uh, you know, the sponsorship dollars are getting more and more involved. Like Daryl said, I, I think you're seeing the, the sport grow. And when I say grow, grow in the number of people that are trophy catfishing, that are also taking care of the fish, catching release. Um, you know, for you know, for the longest, you know, people you know, catch a big fish, you had to catch it and throw it in the back of your truck and throw it around for a day or two to show everybody. And now it's almost like bragging rights. Where you say, oh, I catch so many this big, I just throw them back. It's not a big deal. You know, <laughs> and you see a lot more people thing to do the catch and release thing, and that's good for the sport. I know the laws are changing to protect it, and, and that's going to go a long, long way for when it comes to tournament catfishing, because uh, if, you know, if you can go catch fish of this caliber, uh, it sure draws attention. And I've had more people contact me this week that, that are you know, wanting to get into something like this. They had no idea what existed. Great. Um, how, how far off do you think we are from a an, an elite type series with like a 50 boat field where the same 50 boats with maybe with an exception of an alternate per team uh, uh, start competing against each other, you know, with, you know, an eight tournament per year series. I don't think it's real far away. I mean, it's not something that, that we're going to be able to just do in a year. You know, it would be difficult. I think it's going to take national involvement, regional areas, and, you know, kind of tier it like that. It's going to take, I don't know if you could ever organize all the tournaments, maybe work out some point system amongst them. Uh, but is it doable yet? Uh, do I have the blueprint to do it? Uh, not exactly. That's kind of up for debate. But I, I think it's going that direction. I think we're real similar to where you know the bass tournaments were, the crappie tournaments were, uh, and it's just navigating through that. But yeah, I think it's coming uh, now. How soon is it going to be? That, that, that's kind of hard to say. Because, uh, I feel he may have input on that. You know, I'm like Jason. I think it, it is very well possible. The biggest, from a fisherman standpoint, you know, most. Uh, I don't know of anybody that fishes catfish professionally for a living. You know, uh, most of us are working class guys. You know, we go to work and, you know, we work overtime and we do everything we can. We save our, our vacations up for fishing tournaments and, and stuff like that. Uh, to get to that elite uh, status where you, you know, in order to do that, you have to move around quite a bit in different regions, different bodies of water. And uh, you know, that, that becomes an issue in itself there. It's, the sponsorship is going to have to uh, grow to a point to where you know, possibly somebody could fish, you know, can't fish for a living. Uh, and, uh, you know, that, that, to me, I think that's one of the biggest hurdles we've got to cross there. Uh, just from a, from a time and, and money standpoint, owns their own business and has people that work for them. Well, they don't have to be at work every day. Uh, you know, that that would be the, the biggest thing I see uh, standing in the way right now. 
Okay, uh, I got another one. Uh, how far off do you think we are from being in everyone's living rooms uh, on Saturday or Sunday mornings with a uh, nationally televised show uh, broadcasting a lot of these tournaments week in and week out? for y'all tonight and congratulations i'm gonna pass y'all off to lyle he's got plenty for you thank you well guys you know we're we're the whole catfishing community is so proud of you guys for the way that you handle yourself and to go in there amongst 184 of the top anglers in the in the united states and and win that event it was uh, outstanding and we're, we're all very proud of you uh it, it's just amazing the things you guys have accomplished. I remember when you all never used to drift. You used to do all your fishing by anchor, and, and uh, that's kind of a thing of the past now. Yeah, 
you know, it, it, we would. I mean, like, like you said, you know, we used to sit on the anchor all day long, and we, we was pretty good at it. But, you know, uh, we, we took the butt whooping from uh, Bill King several times, you know, and actually watching <laughs> you know, Chris Gish right beside us. And we, I know Jason, I said, you know, if we're going to do this and then be successful, we're going to have to learn how to do that drifting stuff. And, uh, you know, we've told the story before, you know, we, we said, we're going to learn to go drifting. We'd go drifting for 30, 40 minutes. We'd catch fish. That's the heck of this. Go throw the anchor. Let's go catch the fish. And, uh, literally, literally one day, That's the way I've done with circle hooks. I never. It took me three years to get the hang of them because I couldn't lay off from setting the hook. And finally, if you quit taking them, you'll have to learn how to use them circle hooks, or or you quit fishing with them. One. That's right. That's right. Yeah, I agree. You know, you talk about anchoring, you know, versus drifting. Drifting is a great way to do it, but you know, we had the, the you know a couple of like the Cummings tournament, but they had a Cabela's. Would you guys agree that it takes more of a universal fisherman in today's competitive cat fishing than it ever did before? Uh, definitely. Uh, you know, I'll say that right up front. You know, uh, the, the tournament at Covington, we would not have won had we not anchored that day. I mean, we drifted for most of the morning and just couldn't get the bite to the board. The bite was real light. They pick it right up and drop. agree to be competitive in, in tournament catfishing i agree um i've got some questions on here from the guys that are in chat james beckett would like to know how much weight it took uh in the current that was in memphis for you guys to to be able to drift that how much, how much weight on our rods? yes on your rods uh-huh three, three and a half mile hour current uh in about 40 water either a six ounce weight or an eight ounce weight. That's exactly what we was doing. Exactly. And, and that's relative to your size of bait. I mean, you can take a large piece of bait and make that same spot require you to use 12 ounces. But this is just a, 
you know, it wasn't a huge piece of bait. We weren't running huge bait that day. We just run an average size, what I call, you know, two-inch stakes, two, three-inch stakes, two-inch stakes, you know, hip jack head, things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't have to get back and fish it, you know, almost whole, you know, and they'll just fly it every different way. And, uh, but no, that was, you know, you, you, for us, that was, you know, I'd say just a normal, normal to smaller size bait with about a six ounce weight. Yep. I had, in the fast water we was in, I had to go to an eight ounce, in, but when up in the, in the, uh, the shallower water where the, Current wasn't so swift. Six ounce was more than enough, uh, but uh, we we had so much fun down there. It wouldn't have made any difference. You know. Sent me a message on Facebook, and he said, "Tell these guys they should come fish, live. Come fish the Channel Cat water up north on the Mississippi. Maybe maybe there somebody'd have a chance with you." And what he's talking about, Daryl and Jason, is uh, from the uh, Missouri line north in Iowa. Some, Pickup Dam is some of the greatest channel cat fishing on the Mississippi River, and and uh, we absolutely have some wonderful tournaments up there uh, above Keokuk in some really good channel cat water. And be, these guys like to see you all up there. Definitely, uh, uh, just uh, you know, just trying to get up there, and 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 and, and, and we just got to put it on our you know, that's, that's the big thing we've got to do is just look at the year and try to plan one and make it. Right. That's something we, we've kind of got on our bucket list to do, too. It is. Uh, you know, it's kind of like me and Calamus. I'd like to go over there and fish that sometime. I never have, uh, but I'd love to. It just hasn't worked out to where I can. I have an interesting uh, message here on our chat from Scott Woody. He says, do, do you guys think that there is a possibility of an eight-tournament series in any of these tournaments that might take place at night? You're talking about the elite series tournaments and then one of them be at night? Yeah, you know, to have, to have a big tournament series, and I know there's a couple of guys working on some of this stuff now, and do you think there's a chance at any of the tournaments that they would put on uh, with a mega payout would be night tournaments. You know, I don't know. You know, they have some night tournaments scattered around. Um, I, you know, they have pretty good turnout from a spectator standpoint. You know, you've got to obviously, you know, try to incorporate that. Uh, I, I wouldn't rule it out at all. At, at all. A lot of it probably depends on the body of water because certain bodies of water, you know, you, you know, it, Year that they can't catch a fish in the daytime, but at nighttime they tear them up, you know. So I think it would be, you know, body of water dependent for sure. Right. I know our what. Our biggest concern about my tournament is, of course, is safety and it should be everybody. Uh, you know, if, if you ask me, would we ever have a night tournament at Memphis, Tennessee? My answer would be no. You know, the Mississippi River at night, there's just too many, there's just too many things that go wrong, too many dangers. It's, it's, you know, with barges and, and trees as, as big as, you know, there is to come down that river, you know, we just don't want to put ourselves in that position. And I, I sure wouldn't want to put, you know, 50 boats out of, on a river like that. Or 150. Now, you know, on, on, on lakes, you know, uh, I'd love to do a lake with or not. <laughs> <laughs> well, that, that would be a lot of fun. And, and I think that, that the safety factor would stop a lot of them now. 
Uh, I did fish a tournament in Brunswick, Missouri, on the Missouri River uh, with 98 boats, I believe, this year. Uh, we, we were just talking about it, Darrell. We run into getting trees hung between the motor and the back of the boat twice that night and uh, stuff like that to go on. And, and uh, I, I love fishing at night, but I'm to the point – uh, I'm not sure I want to do too many more of the uh, competitive tournaments uh, at night just because things get amped up when you're in a tournament situation. You know you got to put fish in the boat. You know you got a limited amount of time to do it. And when that sun goes down, if you're in unfamiliar water, it changes the whole outlook on what you do. And it will. I mean, uh, we, we, we voted, you know, going through our I really do. Uh, those, those GPSs, they are so accurate and so good of, of a uh, to have on a boat. I, to tell you the truth, I, I don't know how we've done it all them years without that good equipment that we have now. That's exactly right, and a lot of these Navionics or whatever kind of uh, card that you're using uh, have updates, and they update them several times a year sometimes, and you need to make sure that all your updates are up to speed, and like you say, especially the Mississippi and the Missouri rivers, they'll change two or three times a year sometimes, depending on water conditions. One time we were fishing a tournament, traveling to our spot, and, and we were, I hate to use the word, arguing with our, our, our GPS, but it was a buoy that had broke free. Uh, and we, of course, you don't know it, and so it had us, we thought we were fine. And the buoy was floating free, and it, I hate to use the word, almost misled us, but almost misled us. We thought, well, we're still outside the red buoy, we're fine. Well, the red buoy was up in four foot of water. Right. Uh, so it was, you know, we, 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 we were, you don't really think about that, a movie being broke free or, you know, lodged on the top of something, you know. You know, yeah. we, Doc fished with us, uh, Cindy and I down at, uh, at Memphis, and we actually seen two red buoys that had broke loose. Go uh, by us. Yeah. Go by us while we was fishing. I, I never seen two. I've seen one once in a while. Uh, or one that's got away or something, but to see two floating down the river was kind of unbelievable. Uh, you know, I think that it's got 
Yeah, just not quite as wide as it is in Memphis. Uh, you know, I fished the Mississippi and Missouri both uh, nearly my whole life. And uh, I, I used to, I've told people for years about the current that we have on these rivers. And, you know, they're used to mile and a half, two mile an hour current or something like that. And you get up around six, seven mile an hour. If you haven't been on something like that, uh, you need to have a day or two to, to get used to it and adjust to the things you have to do uh, to be safe. Um, Ricky Poole says, uh, what do you guys foresee that would be the determining factor that would decide which lakes throughout the country uh, where big tournaments would take place? Rivers, too. I think that's probably going to come down to if you had a sponsor that was sponsored that was big enough to contribute, and, you know, they themselves could use it. A lot of the money that comes in in these chamber of commerce and in these cities, so I think that maybe a combination of both, uh, you know, the Chamber of Commerce is in cities that can help you know, support because they want the draw to stimulate their economy. Uh, you know, it's, you know, obviously people want to catch big fish and catch them consistently. And there's definitely waters, you know, in Texas, you know, Tennessee River System, Ohio River, Mississippi River, and then even several of the, of the rivers out east or the lakes out east. Uh, um, those for sure. Um, I'm not real familiar with if there's, you know, as far as, if there, as far as California and out that far, you know, I don't know what, what type of big blues they've got. Me personally, it's, it's to, I think it's going to come down to sponsorship dollars and where you can consistently catch fish that, that people will tune in on Saturday morning to watch. I think also is just your, your facilities at these locations that get, get all these big tournaments. That, that was one thing that made uh, the Memphis tournament as successful as it was, was that you had the, the ramp capacity, you had the, the vast pro, you know, facilities there. You know, it's stuff like that that make them, uh, you know, come off and, and successful. You know, the, the monsters on the Ohio tournament, you know, they're uh, Owensboro. You know, they've got great facilities. You know, it's, it's centrally located, got good water to fish. You know, in the town, I agree. I agree 100. percent And and while we're we're talking about that stuff, uh, you know, we we talked about how great everybody participated in making the Mississippi River Monster such a good tournament. And I would like to say on that uh, point that I have never been anywhere that I seen a town get behind a tournament like Owensboro does, Aaron, and and that tournament now now. With that being said, uh, there's a little town up in Missouri called Brunswick where they had the big night tournament this year, and that town was unbelievably behind this tournament. I mean, they did everything in the world for them, but it's a, on a lot smaller scale than what, than what Owensboro is. But Aaron gets a lot of support from that town, and that just goes to show how much fishing and the fishermen mean to those communities when they get behind them guys like that. Well, there's no doubt. I mean, you know, you look at the new tournament, I don't know what it's going to do this year for that tournament, but, you know, if you've got 150-plus boats, you know, showing up, you know, that's, you know, 
agree and you know we go down there we was in memphis for a week uh we bought every meal out we bought all our gas for the boat and the truck uh we bought motel rooms uh, everything that we needed we got while we was there we other than the stuff we needed to fish with and the stuff that we needed to do our shows with we bought everything while we was there and when we go to uh to owensboro it'll be the same way you know we we're not going to Unless somebody says, hey, let's have a cookout one night, and, and you know, I'd be right on the middle of that. But uh, for the most part, uh, when, yeah, I know, Doc, I got to eat. I can't. <laughs> but, <laughs> but, when, but when we go, you know, we, we buy everything in that town, and we try to support them as much as we can. And I know those gas stations and those motels and those restaurants, they all appreciate that because uh, and that, that clarion, I'm, I'm pretty sure we done them a really good deal because they, they was booked up. Oh, yeah. yeah. I think there's something that I've only seen it in here, and I'm sure I'll apologize if there's other terms you did. Uh, so, I, I don't. I, if, if there are other tournaments that do this, I not, may not mention them. I don't mean anything by it. But the uh, monstrous tournament we fished, I think it's the winner of the big fish. There's a restaurant there. If you had a, a good dinner retreat from the restaurant, that you want an additional, I don't know exactly what it was. Uh, uh, that would be neat to see at certain venues. You know whether you get gas at the Shell gas station or you eat at the whatever restaurant. You know you. Qualify yourself. You're just like to be Oh yeah. What was that? Four years ago or something? They had that deal where if you ate there, they give you a thing and they done a drawing or something. Yeah. Yeah, something like that. Maybe that's what I'm thinking. About. I, I know we went out yeah. there and ate out there, and when we walked in, everybody that I seen was a fisherman. You know, I'm sure there was other people that was in there eating that night, but everybody, every table I looked at had somebody there that I knew from the fishing industry, and uh, that was a, a outstanding deal. Uh, maybe they can get that thing going again. We'll talk to Aaron about that next week. We're going to have him on on here with us next week and uh, see what uh, – See what he's got going on that, but you know, last year at the at the meeting, I, you guys wasn't there last year, was you? Okay. Yeah, they had uh, they had a, a dinner someplace. They had the Boogaloo Barbecue guy down there, and maybe that was right at the weigh-in place or something. I don't remember, but man, that guy's got it going on. And, and believe me, Daryl, Jason, uh, if there's good food around, I'm gonna find it. I can sniff it out just like an old dog. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> we uh we had such a good time down there last week and and i know i i, I everybody that i talked to is all geared up uh for going down to see the monsters and seeing Aaron and all those people down there and and uh it's got to the point they got two host motels down there now uh and, and that's that's a good thing and and maybe the parking lot won't be quite so congested but uh uh, are you guys fishing the monsters this year? Uh, right now we don't have plans to. Uh, 
I understand. I understand. And 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 that's the same way with a lot of us uh, throughout the country. Uh, there's only a certain number of stuff that you can make, and you can't make them all. And and I know you guys get people hollering at you all the time. Why don't you come here or come here? Uh, and sometimes it just doesn't work out. I would really like. Personally, I would like to go out in Kansas and fish some of the tournaments they have out there, and I'd love to go uh, go fish the uh, uh, tournaments up in Iowa, some of those. I know that they just had a really good one up there, the Iowa Championships, they called it, I think, last weekend. And, and uh, I, some of those st- things I'd like to make and attend, but, you know, after you come back from a week like we had down there in Mississippi, or in Memphis, and try to get rested up and geared up for the next one. Uh, there's one in St. Louis, uh, I think, this weekend coming up or next weekend. And, uh, you know, you can only make so many of them and, and stay on your toes and get bait and all this. Uh, it, it's a lot of work doing tournaments. It is. It is. And I, we're not taking away anything from, from the Moscow in Ohio. It's like I said, it, it's one of the top three tournaments uh, in the nation. So anybody listening that, Well, that's that's a that's a great thing. Uh, you know, when when we go to these tournaments, and it doesn't matter if it's me or if it's Chuck or Doc or if it's Jeff Dodd or or who it is, uh, we want to fish against the best that's down there. And and there'll be there'll be another, it'll be like Memphis. The, there'll be a really really good accumulation of some of the top fishermen in the nation. They do. Monsters is one of those for sure. I agree, and uh, you know, I hope that we can get things lined out. I want to fish some of the Cabela stuff. I haven't done any of theirs for a while, and and I'd like to try to get involved with that next year, uh, and and do some of their stuff. But uh, you got to pick and choose, like you say, because you can't make them all and and uh, figure out what you want to do and and do that. And and uh, I, I still enjoy fishing the small tournaments, you know. So I know they've been doing a really good job down there, and and uh, I hear nothing but good things out of them guys. So I'm hoping they get things lined to where they can expand and make it bigger. And uh, competition in the in the sport of tournaments is, is just like it is in sales. It's good for the sport, and and the more more competition we have, the bigger and faster and better it'll grow. Well, listen, guys. I know we had a rough week last week. I think this week was a lot better, and I can't thank you guys enough for, for coming on here, spending two weeks in a row so we can get this done. Uh, and, and, again, congratulations on winning the Mississippi River Monsters, the first annual, and and uh, I, I'm personally looking forward to seeing you the net down the road here before long. Uh, good. I appreciate, appreciate everything that you do 
sport. Well, thank you. And, and uh, you know, Chuck and Doc, they've been a great asset to the show. Chuck's been with us since nearly the beginning, but we brought Doc in, and he, he's really helped us and picked up the, picked up the thing. But uh, with, with guys like you uh, being at the top of the leaderboards time after time after time is helping our sport grow, and thank you again for what you do for the sport. All right, guys. We'll be talking to you. All right, guys. See you later. Thanks a lot, guys. Thanks a lot, guys. All right, Daryl and Jason Massengill's winners of the Mississippi River Monsters Tournament and many, many other tournaments. These guys, they really got it going on. They're good people, uh, work really hard at what they do, and, and uh, it shows. Just, uh, they just keep knocking it out time after time after time. So, uh, very happy about all of that. <laughs> what have you got going for, for stuff this evening, Chuck? Uh, but I don't have a whole lot going on. I'm just going to get start getting ready to head to Owensboro. And um, that's about all I got on my mind. I can't even think about anything else. <laughs> <laughs> I can understand that. You know, love you, Dave. We're talking about it every day here at my house, um, you know, and, and uh, worried about bait, worried about this, worried about that, and, and getting things lined out. And, and I'm trying to get new banners made for the Catfish Weekly stuff and get Doc's head installed in the new banner, change colors, and do some of this. It, you know, I got to tell you, boys, it's really hard to get anybody to do that stuff. It has stuff to do in different formats. Uh, everybody can do the JPG thing, but to get them to do in Vector and PNG and, and three or four others, uh, finding somebody to do that is really hard. But I think Aaron, we really hooked us up today. Uh, we're trying to get all that done, so we'll get new banners and maybe some T-shirts made and stuff to take to Owensboro with us if everything goes right. Uh, we got some sponsors that's going to kick in on some of the stuff and get their name put on the, the banner and the shirts with us. So I think it's going to work out to be really really a nice deal uh we're, we're wrestling around though trying to get it done in time to to go down there time's ticking it is every day it's man coming every down. Day. <laughs> uh, it just it's just got to the and man uh i know that uh it, it's just getting closer and closer but you want to get the stuff done and, and you think of something and you think of it at the last minute. But some of this stuff, I, I tell you, I've been working on, how long we've we been working on getting your head on the banner dock? Uh, probably about four or five months. It's been a long time. And, and, uh, uh, I've contacted numerous people and it doesn't matter what you ask them to do. Some of them, you try to send them the image and they can't open it up or the, whoever their company is won't let it, go through and you fight with them guys. They won't let them take emails. You have to use it through their website. But like I say, I think I found a guy down there uh, in Owensboro that's that's going to get it done. And, and we're really excited about getting that done. And, and uh, you know, we'll get some T-shirts made, maybe give some of them away down there or something. And, and, and uh, I just got a message from Jim Sparks. He kind of forgot about the show tonight. So we're going to try to split up next week's show with uh, Jim Sparks and Aaron Wheatley. Uh, 
and if we run over a little bit, that'll be okay. And if, if we run over too much, we'll get one of them. On, I'll get them on the the next week or something. But uh, we want to get Aaron to tell us all the information and anything we need to know about fishing the monsters and uh, anything that changes. And uh, we want to get Jim and Sheila on here if Sheila will get on with him and tell us about the bait situation and and uh, all the stuff that they handle down there because I know you can get your license, you can get your bait, you can get skipjack, he's got live goldfish, he's got all kinds of stuff in there and we want everybody to know that that's where it's going to be and we will be doing a live show out of Bass and Moore Thursday before the tournament. So Thursday Thursday afternoon, you guys uh, come in and visit with us and sit down and talk to us for a little while. This will be our third year at Bass and Moore. And Jim and Sheila is getting a new building. I I think they're going to try to be in the new building before uh, Monsters Tournament, and it'll be right there real close to to the ramp. So that'll be handy for everybody. And I know they're lined up to get the – the skipjack in, and if you don't have an order with them, get a hold of Jim at Bass and More. You can contact them through Facebook, or you can call them uh, and get your order in for those skipjacks. Because the last thing you want to do is go down there and not be able to get any bait. And uh, I, I, he'll take good care of you. Uh, you won't find any better service in any bait tackle shop I've ever been in. Uh, Doc, when are we supposed to have Jody Harrison on? It's he's coming up pretty soon, isn't he? Let me check. Hang on. That's from Fish Life, right? Fish yes. Life. Yeah. Jody Harrison with Fish Life is going to be on Catfish Weekly, October the seventeenth. Awesome. Uh, uh, I have talked to Jody, and and I think that this is going to be really a cool deal. He can tell us all about. Uh, how they run the tournament weigh-ins and, and all the stuff that they do. And by the way, before I forget it, uh, Jody and, and Daniel Parsons got Winter Blue on Wheelers lined up again for this year. So uh, that's a big, exciting thing for everybody to look forward to. But Jody not only does the, the running of the tournaments, they have the Fish Life products that you add to your live well water. They have the oxygen systems and all the stuff. And, and we're going to get in on all the information on that and let him tell us uh, how to get it, what to use, how all that stuff works. So uh, it's going to be awesome to have Jody on here. Uh, we've got several several weeks of monster stuff going on here, but uh, uh, Jody's a really good guy. He works really hard in the fishing industry, and I think that's going to be an outstanding show. Yeah, uh, I was just going to say, you know, with this, I know the weigh-in line's going to be long, just like it was last year and like, you know, the Memphis tournament, so... You know, right now is a good time, you know, if somebody's got the money to go ahead and invest, invest to keep those fish alive and make sure they're ready. You know, just call Jody, hit him up on, uh, you know, Messenger, ask him questions. He'll tell you exactly what you need, what it's going to cost you. Uh, and he, he may have other ideas for you. He's He's been doing this research for five years. And if anybody can tell you how to keep a fish alive, and keep him healthy in a weigh-in line for, you know, two or three hours. He's going to be the man to do it. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I agree. Uh, Jody has been doing this uh, not only with catfishing for the last few years, but he's been doing the the, uh, the bass tournament stuff for some time. And, uh, I, you know, I'm really excited about having him on here. And, and um, I will mention – 
that anybody that any of the viewers think that we should try to get on there, we will try to get any guest on that, that uh, you guys think we need. The problem is some of them doesn't have the uh, internet or the computer or whatever to do these. And uh, we had Daryl and Jason on before, and it worked just like clockwork. But this is the second week in a row we tried to get them hooked up and just couldn't make it happen. So we done a phone thing, and I know that's not quite as good, but uh, you know it's Daryl and Jason Massey. It doesn't matter. You got to talk to them guys. I mean, they know everything. Yep. We we needed to ask them more technical stuff about how deep they was putting their bait or if they was fishing it right on the bottom and different things. But I get so excited talking to them guys, and they're such good people. Uh, that, that they make an outstanding show every time they're on with us. Yeah, they'll tell you if you ask them too. That's exactly right. And, and so will uh, Big Daddy, Jeff Dodd, and, and and a lot of them other guys. If you ask them that, they're not going to lie to you. They might not tell you the exact fishing spot, but if you give them a direct question, most of all the time they'll give you a correct answer, and, and they're nice about it. They're not snide or anything. These these guys want the sport to grow. Yeah, and, and they'll, they'll – Big tell you how to go find week. the structure. <laughs> right, right, all that stuff, and that's what's going to—that's what it's going to take—is to make it better for everybody. Yeah, the big question last week was, upriver or downriver? <laughs> you know, nobody, nobody ever did answer that question. It just didn't happen. No, not really. And I know some guys yeah. that went a long, long way upriver. Long. I did. But. Uh, so. You know, Doc and I looked uh, around up. We didn't really find what we was looking for, and and we found some fish below. We didn't have to go very far to find them. No. Uh, we had some good fish found. We just couldn't get them to to uh, to go. But uh, we caught fish. We had a great time, and you know, I lost a, I lost a rod. Boy, I would <laughs> yeah. I would have been devastated if he'd have taken that thing. Boy, he flipped it right out of my hand though. <laughs> we we went so far the water temperature changed three degrees. Three Wow. 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 Yeah, we went um we went thirty miles on Friday. Man. As soon as we as soon as we ran out of gas, we was we went up river, so we knew if we was going up river and we ran out of gas, we would have plenty enough to get on back. our other tank to get back because <laughs> our both tanks are the same. Um, so we, we ran out of gas on one tank immediately. Well, we fished around that area a little bit, but wasn't using the big motor and then headed back down uh, and ended up having a half a tank left when we got back. Yeah, it doesn't hear as much coming down as it does going up. Yeah. Absolutely not. I was in a panic. Because I'm like, I'm going to go look at that area, but if we go over there and look at that, we're going to be using more gas and uh, we're not going to make it. We're going to miss the captain's meeting, um, you know. So when we got back, I said, let me look and see how much we got. And I let it says, is that a half a tank? I'm like, man. <laughs> well, well we, we found some really good stuff up that way. We just didn't have time to, uh, you know, do too much investigating. We marked some really good fish up there. Absolutely. Uh, I, there, there was big fish all over. I mean, everywhere we went, we seen big fish and medium-sized fish and the small guys. But, and pretty much caught fish every every spot we went. Yeah. We needed, uh, and that's okay. You don't always catch the big ones. Uh, we'll, we'll try a little harder maybe down at Monsters. Well, every time we would find a really good spot, we would get in there, start catching fish, and here come that barge. 
we need to get in there, guys. I'm like, oh, really? And they'll get in there and they'll churn that water up. And you're like, that fishing hole ain't going to be good for a little while. <laughs> well, those, those barges and that kind of current, they really do churn it up. A lot of people uh, haven't seen that, and, and it's kind of hard to understand. But, but yeah, they, uh, uh, they really do. And when they open them babies up, uh, that's uh, a lot of, lot of power. A lot of turning that water and stuff on, and and uh, it's it's just different. A, a lot of rivers don't have barges, and a lot of rivers have barges uh, that are not nearly as big as what they have down there. Uh, the, right, that, right. That, uh, that's a whole new deal. Like I was, I was saying a while ago, I fished that Mississippi River my whole life, but it's nothing like uh, down there where we was at Memphis. So the river is completely different. Uh, I just got a message from Cliff Miller said, Alex and Pat Mewling ran halfway to the Gulf, he thinks, down at Memphis. They, they must have went way on down there. And, uh, you know, I know a lot of guys put a lot of miles on looking for fish. And I think for the most part, Doc, I think what they're trying to do is get in virgin water that nobody had had been working, uh, bothered, or been been working as hard as what some of that was working. What do you think? Yeah, and actually, that's what we were doing. We were trying to stand out of. We'd seen where everybody was working, but mm -hmm. we we were marking some good fish up in that one area right there. Just couldn't get them to go that morning. Yep. It uh, you know it is what it is. It's still a lot of fun. We would done a, had a respectable finish. I think it was fifty eighth out of one hundred eighty four. Uh, yeah. My goal was the top 20. We missed it by a little bit, but uh, uh, there's going to be a big crowd down in my, at uh, Owensboro for that. Well, uh, Aaron Wheatley just posted the list for the back of the T-shirt. There's uh, 139 boats. 139 boats entered on time to get in there. Yep, to be on the back of the T-shirt. That's cool. pretty neat. That's pretty neat. Okay, Doc, what do you got for a tip for us tonight? Any other thing you got going on? Well, I got some results. Uh, JKV results. Uh, I think that's down in – actually, I think that's down in Owensboro. Uh, Richard, Richie Blakely and Smitty had 71.5 pounds. Second was Mark Northerner, Andrew Savage, with uh, 68.14 pounds. Their big fish was a 32-pounder. Keith Terrence and Gary St. Clair was third with 51.1. Ohio Hills tournaments, first place, Jerry and Kelly, uh, 29.6. This came out of Mason, West Virginia. Uh, Tom Kenny and Gabe, 28.2. Big Fish, a 24.2-pound flat from that team. Uh, third place, Bink and Janet Fox, 27.8. Pounds uh, and for that series, the anglers of the year were Willie and Stacy Smith. Very nice. Congratulations. So Willie's, Willie's still knocking on the doors. <laughs> uh, Doc's tip tonight, uh, guys, when you're unstrapping your boat after you get to the ramp, take just a little bit of time to check the angles of your transducers. Look them over, make sure that they're parallel. Uh, when you are tra traveling down the road, you hit a chuck hole, that'll change that angle. Uh, 
you know, be, especially if you hit a big chuck hole. The other thing I try to tell people to do is take a rag, be it dry or wet. I prefer a wet rag and wipe the face of your transducers down. They get dirt, they get dust, they get, and one of the worst things that they can get on them is tar. And what it'll do is it'll leave a spot. You think you're marking fish and it'll leave a spot in, you know, on your screen. So uh, wipe those things down uh, and that it'll give you a lot better, clearer image on your unit. And that's Doc's tip for the night. Man, that's a great tip, Doc, because, uh, you know, a lot of people, they, they have transducers, unless a log hits them or, or uh, they bend them up, load them or something, they just forget them. It's, it's a plug-and-play yeah. deal, and they never think about them. And that is a great idea, and everybody should go out and check those transducers and make sure that they're to the level they need to be. Because And I do that after hitting them logs and not having no, no finder yeah. all night. But, uh, you know, and make sure that the mounts and everything's tight and check them to be clean. Uh, that's, a, that's a great idea because I don't believe I've ever checked them. And it'd be worth just leaning over or laying down on the ground, taking a look up there to see what you got. Maybe, maybe yeah. some Windex or whatever it is that you clean them with. Uh, dry, if a wet rag works or a dry cloth or something. But uh, nobody wants to get false readings, so that's, a, that's outstanding. Right. That's the very first thing I did when uh, we started taking the straps off of your boat. I just looked over there, took a look at the, the angles were perfect on it. But, the, you know, just that traveling from Missouri down to Memphis, you're on your down imaging and your side imaging, that transducer was just covered with stuff. So awesome. wipe, wipe them down. That's a great tip. Okay, guys. Uh, I think that's going to do it for, for tonight. We're, we're going to try to have Aaron Wheatley on next Monday night, and if we don't run too late, we'll get Jim Sparks on here from Bass and Miller. We're going to find out everything that we can find out about Monsters on the Ohio, and we're all looking forward to being down there. So thank you for tuning in tonight, and we'll see you next week.